Good morning. So I don't, I don't know if it was moments later. It was more like a week before Chad had asked me. I was like, Lord, if you'd have me share it, he's going to ask me. And sure enough, I get the text, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember. <laughs> um, so please turn with me to your, your Bibles, your smartphones. I'll give you a minute to do it. It's so important you follow with me. Matthew 24. Okay, someone, if I just say Matthew 24, someone tell me, what's the, what is that chapter? Shout it out. Yep, say it a little louder. In times, in times. Okay, I want to see a show of hands. How many of you have been considering our day, the day we're living in, and kind of going, uh, raise your hands. Is this this time, Lord? Uh, are we near this? How many of you have had friends reach out and say, hey, you're a Christian. Is this what the Bible's talking about? <laughs> and if that's the case, uh, you know, how much longer do we have? You know? <laughs> well, as I open up there, um, You guys, I'm sure you've heard it and seen it too. Have you ever been in a discussion about end times and uh, someone in the group goes, well, we're not, we're not, it's not for us to know the day and the hour. <laughs> do you ever hear that? It's, what they're saying is it's kind of a shutdown. So why do we even study it if we don't know the day or the hour? So clearly that's not what happened when Jesus, when the disciples approached Jesus, they had specific questions for him, right? They're like, Jesus, when are these things going to take place? How will we know the sign? What does he do? He says, here, let me answer you. He proceeds to tell them, right? So verse 2, he says, when will this be? What will be the sign of the coming and the end of the age? He says, no one will, uh, excuse me. He says, the later we will put soon. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Lost in my notes. In response to their questions, Jesus begins to answer them. Beware that no one leads you astray. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Messiah, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All this is but the beginning of what? Say it louder. Birth pangs. Why would Jesus call it birth pangs? Okay, does anybody know the signs of a woman that's going to be in labor? Right? Raise your hand if you could just give me some sign, if you're aware of the signs of a woman in labor, right? But does anybody know the day or the hour of the delivery of the baby? I mean, unless it's a C-section, of course. Right? No one knows, right? Okay. Well, I want to take you guys back about almost 13 years ago. Abigail, where's my Abigail? Raise your hand, Abs. There's my oldest, our oldest. Uh, just last week, Andrew and I celebrated 14 years of marriage. Um, I know, thank you. It's flown by. What in the world? Um, but I just want to kind of give you a quick timeline of how fast those things went for us. So Drew and I got married in July of 06. We found out we were pregnant with Abigail in February of 07. And then we packed up our stuff and moved to Kansas City in May. <laughs> And as you can imagine, my mom bawled her eyes out. Um, I was pregnant with her first grandbaby, and we were moving halfway across the country. So, okay, so fast forward. I'm um, almost full term with abs, and the doctors tell me that they are concerned because I was measuring smaller with her. And um, it turns out what they told me um, on those, you know, those charts where they gauge size of babies Apparently, Samoan babies are the biggest babies, Filipino babies are the smallest babies, and Abigail was measuring really small. 
So um, and the doctors went into an argument about if I should be induced or not. And when one of the doctors was explaining it to me, he's like, you told me about that graph that they measure things on. I'm like, well, I'm part Filipino. <laughs> so they didn't consider, you know, why my baby might be small. They did an ultrasound and um, the placenta, I'm not going to say this right, but it's something along the lines of the placenta is supposed to have a minimum of six. Mine, mine measured at an 11. So there was no um, evidence that she wasn't getting the nourishment. She was just small. So let's fast forward that because I want to save my mom's perspective of this dramatic story. <laughs> um, I mean, let's rewind it. So a couple days before this, my mom's in LA on a business trip and she gets stuck in an elevator. And the elevator goes rogue. It starts speeding up really fast, skipping floors, and then dropping really fast. And she's hitting the stop button, and nothing's happening. It'll open when it's like halfway through the, like, uh, you know, the floor, and then you see half of it. It'll open there, and then it'll close. Well, she's getting sick, and nothing was working. So she calls, and she's like, you got to get someone to come fix this, or I'm going to vomit in here. And... Uh, um, sure enough, she calls my dad, who's teaching at a high school class, and he has her on speaker, and she's like, Jeff, if, if, I, uh, if I die, tell the girls I love them, and I'm happy. And then she hears his classroom erupt in laughing. <laughs> so then she walks out of that elevator, uh, takes the stairs, once they're able to rescue her or stop it or however they did it, and I call her and say, Mom, there's a potential problem with my pregnancy. And so she just, you know... Uh, loses sleep, drives, up, drives back up to Santa Maria, books the quickest flight she can to get to Kansas City, her and, she and my dad. And then sure enough, you know, when Drew and I got news of that, we were scared. It's our first pregnancy. I was 21. Ab or, uh, Andrew was 24. And uh, we cried. I remember Andrew worked at Lowe's and we went outside the, the building and I, we cried together. We prayed. We were scared. You know, I didn't want anything to be wrong with my baby. I don't know why I was so sick the whole time. And, um, you know, my mom got the news of that, so she's making every way to, as fast as she can to get to us. Okay. So, we, Sunday comes around. I go into labor. <laughs> I remember that day really clearly. The night before, I went to, we went to bed at 11, and I start having labor pains at 1 a.m. And um, around, I don't know, sometime in the morning, I'm like, I'm at that point of dying. I can't talk through my contractions. I need to get to the hospital. So, they drive me to the hospital. It's Andrew's mom and Andrew. And, uh, we, you know, we call my mom, mom, I'm in labor, full-on labor. So she's freaking out on her end because she's trying to get over. She gets a, she's able to get a flight, but there's a stop in Colorado. So we um, get to the hospital. They tell me I'm dilated to a one. <laughs> if you, I really thought I was dying, guys. Okay, wait, I don't know if you know or if you remember. I'm sure you do, but let me just remind you, you have to be dilated to a 10 before you're going to deliver that baby. And you have to be 100% effaced. I was 0% effaced. I was one. So they send me back home <laughs> to go labor. Um, and this time, you have to know I labored all night, didn't sleep. I fire Andrew as my labor coach. <laughs> and I look to my mom. Okay, so to his credit, when we went to those classes, like I have a general problem of taking things seriously. I don't know what my problem is, but I just... I just didn't take it seriously. Andrew had the flu that day, and I, th I thought I'd be like my mom. My mom was like, had stomach pains, went to the hospital, finds out she's dilated to a seven, has my sister. So I'm like, oh yeah, I got the pain tolerance thing down. <laughs> so anyway, we're back home laboring. 
my mom's making her way over. She gets to stops in Colorado. They get to stop in Kansas City. I'm still laboring and laboring. Uh, when they dropped down uh, in Kansas City, she had printed out Yahoo Maps to get straight to the hospital. And the plan was to get Andrew some food because he was starving. I think we're talking like 26, 27 hours later, okay? And um, I'm still in labor. At this point, I had the epidural, though, so I was so happy. <laughs> I was taking a nap. Um, my mom gets to the hospital. Uh, actually, before they get there, they miss a turn on their Yahoo Maps. They end up somewhere in the ghetto, and they're driving in circles, and they have to hold on their brakes because two teenagers are running away from cops. And one of them slides over their, the car, what's it called? Hood, thank you. The car hood, one slides over. So they have to stop for that to happen. And then um, they end up getting out. They find someone to give them directions. My mom gets there. 20 minutes later, I'm ready to push. All I know is... Um, she saw blood and she hits the floor. <laughs> and the nurses, I mean, I'm ready to push. And the nurses run over to her because she fell down with her tongue out of her mouth. Apparently that's a sign of a seizure. So they wake her up with that stinky thing. And uh, she gets up, I have Abigail. And so <laughs> obviously, thank you. You know, um, she, well, looking back at that time, I think she would say that the Lord made my labor long so she could get there in time. <laughs> so again, no one knows the day or the hour, right? All right. Going back in verse 32 of Matthew 24, it says, look at the fig tree. When the branch puts forth its leaves, summer is near. We were meant to to read Jesus's words, the words in Daniel, the words in Revelation, and draw a connection of when that time is ripening. You guys hear me? So we're not meant to just be passive and just say, ah, whatever will be, will be. We're actually called to be ready. Look at when Jesus actually says these words. It says, no one knows the day or the hour. Um, in verse 42, keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. And in verse 44, therefore you must also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. Okay, let me, I mean, if I haven't made it clear already, I'm sure I have, but are we supposed to passively sit by and just uh, dismiss that day or the hour? Are we supposed to consider and watch and pray? Okay, right? thumbs up if you realize we are supposed to watch and pray. <laughs> Come on. Good, thank you. Thanks for the response. All right, right after this, Jesus moves into three different parables. I'm sure you're well familiar. Let's bring it back up. That illustrate the importance of us being ready and watching. So go ahead and turn to Matthew 25. We're going to start in verse 1. This is the parable of the ten virgins. I want to remind you, last week, Chad spoke on battles. Do you guys remember that? Such a good word. But um, he was talking about the consequences of not entering into the battles that the Lord would call you to and the consequences of entering into the wrong battles, battles you're not called to. And um, the battle that I want to really pinpoint this morning is the battle for our affection. You guys hearing me? Our affection. So let's just define affection. It's our love, our attention, our admiration, our, our time, our energy, Whatever we are in love with, that will be what we put the most into. Is that right? 
We live in, no doubt, a big battle for our affection. I'm going to go ahead and start reading that parable. Uh, This is chapter 25, Matthew 25, verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil and their lamps. And the bridegroom was delayed. They all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. While they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward, the virgins came, also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. So first off, we've got ten virgins, one bridegroom. And the bridegroom represents Jesus, and the virgins represent us believers, okay? It's also known as his people, his body. Um, In Revelation 19 and 21, it talks about the bride of Christ. might help understand that there's, you know, different dynamics to God in how he relates to us, to the Father. One of them, Father God. One of them, the bridegroom, king, right? Um, Something we should all first note is there were ten virgins So that means there were 10 women that were prepared and had saved themselves for this day. So they took all the measure, all the, all the necessary steps within their walk in time to um, map out saving themselves in purity before the Lord. So fortunately for you and I, because of what Jesus did on the cross, we all have that purity before the Lord, right? (laughs) His blood gives us that brand new standing. Um, one thing I want to note, still in verse 1, it says the virgins took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. So the lamps in this uh, parable represent our ministries. But if you're not in vocational uh, ministry, uh, it can also represent what? Your circles of influence, um, the places, your giftings, your talents. It, it represents, uh, obviously, if you're a mom, it's your home, it's your children. If you're a husband, it's your wife, it's your family. If you're an employee, it's your co-employees, right? You guys get the idea. And the oil represents, throughout the Bible, always represents the Holy Spirit, okay? So the wise people, and it, the, 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 the ministry of the Holy Spirit on our heart, okay? It's not just some standoff person. It's not like some, let's just pray and hope we hit it. I mean, a living person walking with us, directing us, whispering in our ear, no, 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 hold your, hold your tongue right there, daughter. No, let's take your eyes off that, son. You know what I mean? Leading us, directing us, speaking to us. That would be cultivating that relationship with him is what the oil speaks about. As we walk in obedience to that voice, to the Holy Spirit's leading and prompts, that's what causes that oil to, to build, right, to, to last. That's the fuel for the fire, for our lamps, okay? As when we're born-again believers, we were given these lamps to what? To hide under a basket? 
No, to shine. Yes, thank you, Robert. We were meant to shine, so why? People can see our, our light, our good works, and glorify God in heaven, right? We're meant to be in relationship with him so it flows out of a place of light. So people, when they look at us, they go, what is different? You know, and that could be for a negative reaction or a positive reaction. I mean, in 2 Corinthians, it says the oil, the, the, the aroma that we are sending out, it's life to those that are on the path of life, but it, is, it reeks of death to those that don't want to hear it. But you better bet our aroma better be strong, right? Our light be bright. Let's go to verse 2. Look at this. Actually, back up just a little bit. Remember in the end of it, it says they go out to meet him. This speaks of our understanding of Christians' understanding that it takes time and energy to seek him. Okay? So when we know if you want to be like someone, you've got to make energy to be around them, right? Okay, if you want to learn a foreign language, actually, let me just see a show of hands. Who took a foreign language in their high school class? Okay, keep that hand up if that was your only experience of that language and you still speak it well. <laughs> so most hands went down. Why? Because they're not immersed in that language, right? They're not practicing it. You learn some principles, but it's in one ear, out the other. You know, we have amazing attention spans for, you know, a short bit. We can remember a little bit. We can remember enough to pass on a test, but in the short-term memory, out the short-term memory. <laughs> it's just the way it works. Then with the Lord, it's the same thing. We've got to immerse ourselves in him. We're talking about all day of, of remembering, recalibrating ourselves. Recal Where are you? What are you saying to me right now, Lord? Oh, I don't want to step outside of you. Like, I saw Lance's shirt right there. It's got see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. Why? Just so we could be good? I don't want that. I want to be pleasing to the Lord. I want, I want to make those decisions that are going to keep me in alignment with him. I want to be calibrated always. Like, where are you at? What are you saying? Ah, this makes me angry. Ah, this hurt my feelings. What are you saying to me, Lord? What do you have for me? What are you showing me? It's that constant communion with him. In verse 2, we could see that time goes by. They all get busy. Five of them walk in what Jesus calls wisdom, and the other virgins are foolish. He defines what it means to be foolish. The foolish virgins took their lamps but didn't take the oil that keeps the lamps burning. As you guys think about your lamps, okay, I just want you to personally, we all have different lamps, that place of influence, our place of giftings. As you consider your lamps, I just want you to ask yourself, ask the Holy Spirit, hey, is, is my lamp shining bright in this place as you would have it? Guys, many of us are sincere. I honestly don't think I know many believers that have ever intentionally just said, I, wanna, I don't want to follow the Lord today. <laughs> Most of the time, what happens is, is, you know, days turn into weeks, weeks turn into months, months turn into years, and for some, those years are decades. And when we have habits of continuing to not prioritize our intimate relationship with the Lord and our walk with him, the habits that are along the lines of putting other things first are going to take precedence. It's just the way it works. You know, I know I'm preaching to the choir. You guys know this. But, you know, let's just kind of sit here this morning and just evaluate. Are we calibrated right now? 
Are we in sync with the Lord? You know, sincerity can only go so far. Jesus, these, the ten virgins were sincere. The other five were sincere, but their sincerity was foolishness when it didn't come with prioritizing what mattered, right? I mean, look at the story of Mary and Martha. Um, the problem was Mar- wasn't that Martha was serving. Of course not. You know, we need the servants. We need that Jesus said, you know, like, it's the serving you're going to love. Loving is serving. It was Martha's priorities, right? Jesus looked at her and said, you're so worried and bothered with so many things. What Mary has is not going to be taken from her. She was sitting at his feet, doting her love and affection and teaching. And she didn't say what, I mean, part, you know, in a, in a relationship, there's always an exchange. You sit with a person and they make you feel great. You make them feel great. But she loved Jesus for who he was and what he brought. You know, I wonder how many of us, when we approach our quiet spaces, are we checking off our to-do list? You know, are we just, is it, I, it, part of that feels good. I get it. But do we remember that we're with a person? <laughs> who has something to say back to us. I mean, he has goods in his words for us to, to, to get us through the day. When we're praying, are we praying just for our immediate needs? Are we praying because we have anxieties or fears that he's going to lift? And then when we walk away, when they lift, because guess what they do? <laughs> Eventually, I could say, I bet most of us here have felt that lifting. When we press into praying, there's like a, an exchange that happens, right? That breakthrough. But how many of us are willing to sit there and say, well, what about you? How can I love you, Lord? What can I hear from you? How can I minister to you? You know, we lose focus, and it's meant to be really simple. This verse is out of 2 Corinthians. Paul says, I'm jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promise you to one husband to Christ so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. But I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived, okay, I'm going to say that again. Paul's telling the Corinthian church, but I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. What was he afraid of? That they would be led away from their sincere and pure devotion to Christ. God wants a connection with us, you know. It's really easy to forget why God put us in the jobs that he has us in, right? <laughs> we just get busy. We get distracted. We somehow get caught up in the problems, or we even get caught up in the success, you know. And we forget that, oh, yeah, I'm not supposed to chase this thing. I'm supposed to chase the one who put me in this place with this thing, <laughs> you know. guys want to go ahead and turn back to Matthew 24 and we'll land this plane here so remember this is an end times chapter right after in verse 8 that says these things are the beginning of birth pangs as we read earlier uh, as we read earlier um, then they will it says in verse 9 then they will hand you over to be tortured and you will be put to death and you will be hated by all nations because of my name Then many will fall away. Verse 12. And because of the increase of lawlessness, the love of many will grow cold. So 
just to, you know, just recap. Matthew 24 is all about Jesus saying, hey, that day is going to look like this. Get ready. Be watchful. Be prepared. Matthew 25 is when he starts going into the parables of what it looks like to be watchful. Okay? The one we just went over talked about prioritizing our intimacy with, with Jesus in such a way that when he comes, that day doesn't take us by surprise. You guys hear me? They're the ones paying close attention, watching and praying. Guys, we're in a real battle for our affection, even more so in our day. I mean, it's easy to see how globalized everything is. I'm, I'm speaking to people that know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> I mean, it's worldwide, and we see it more than ever. I, I, so many times I would come across that scripture earlier in Matthew 24 where it says those days will be like the day of Noah. You know what I'm talking about? Where they'll be eating and drinking and marrying. And I, I can't tell you how many times I'd be like, that's so weird. You'd think that the world's like in shambles. How are people still getting married? <laughs> Have you ever thought that? Have you ever considered that? How that would all look? Raise your hand if that's you. Have you ever considered that? <laughs> well, um, sure enough, here we are in a really wacky day. Marriages are still happening, you know? People, we're all, I heard someone say, we're all in the same storm, but we're in different boats. And I loved that because it's a, it looks different for everyone right now, this time period. So for some, this has been really trying. For some, it's been a blessing. For some, it's been a mix of things. You know, there's a lot to happening all around. And we just try to live our lives, right? With this coming on the earth, many lamps will go out because they will lack the spiritual vitality from the uh, uh, spiritual vitality from the spirit's oil. Okay, so with what's coming on the earth, guys, if we're not prioritizing our intimacy with Jesus, we're not going to have what it takes to last that day. You guys understand that, right? Guys, Christian self-help and pop psychology sermons will not meet the need of the hour in that day. If you're going to places to be filled with him, if you're looking up messages, it's so good, so good. Don't, hear, don't mishear me. But if you're not getting that place in the secret place, if you're not actually lavishing your love and developing your relationship with Jesus, you're not taking the time to build that history with him. And when the time calls for you to make an account for it, it's not going to be there. You're going to want to jump and latch on to the ones that have it. Hey, like those five virgins, give me some of your oil. I, I need some of it. Mine's out. No, you need to go and buy your oil, right? Do you guys know what I'm saying? Because they didn't take the time to make their history with Jesus. You know, it wasn't enough. It's not enough to be sincere. It's not enough to just be around the language. It's not enough to just have the culture. We're not meant to be whitewashed tombs. We're meant to, you know, that have a, a, a version of holiness that look good. We do the right things. We show up at the right place. We're meant to carry his glory, right, and shine and cause and bring changes. That's my page here. <laughs> Guys, in that day, this is a quote from Mike Bickle. It says, in that day, we must be a voice that pursues the truth based on our secret life in God. And that is not just an echo of popular ideas. I'm going to read that again because it is really easy to take on the language of popular ideas and not have the substance inside of us. <laughs> in that day, we must be a voice that pursues the truth based on our secret life in God. And that is not just an echo of popular ideas. 
Guys, Jesus exhorts us to buy oil, to engage in the God-ordained process of acquiring intimacy with him. He's not calling us to try to earn it. He's calling, calling us to invest in it. And when you make an investment, it's cheap. Are investments cheap? No, they're costly. I'm going to say costly again because, guys, it is, it is expensive to say, I'm going to actually spend this time to meet with the Lord right now. You know why it's going to cost you good things, things that you enjoy. It's going to cost you uh, 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 maybe even a kink in your schedule if your schedule is not prioritized because it shouldn't. But you're going to miss out on some things when you have to say yes to the Lord. And did you catch it? The wise virgins said no when they needed to. <laughs> if you're like me, you've had to have your lessons and boundaries <laughs> of saying no. You know, I personally, it had been a struggle. I didn't even realize, you know, it's just constantly we're growing, we're becoming Christ-like, but I was afraid to let people down. You know, the, the people-pleasing tendencies when, you know, it was hard for me to say no, but I'm getting better. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> In Revelation 3, we're going to end it here, and I just want to go into a time of ministry, but this is this last verse, okay? It's kind of heavy. In Revelation 3, Jesus is speaking to the church in Laodicea, and he says, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot or cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, I need nothing. You do not realize that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. Therefore, I counsel, counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich and white robes to clothe you and to keep the shame of your nakedness from being seen and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. My best part of this, I reprove. Who's speaking? Jesus, I reprove and discipline those whom I love. Be earnest, therefore, and repent. What does repent mean? Change your thinking. Listen, I am standing at the door knocking. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come, to, come into you and eat with you and you with me. God is gracious, but remember, he was knocking on the hearts of believers. Not unbelievers. He draws unbelievers. But when he's speaking here, he's knocking on the hearts of believers. Okay? The one thing that I prayed about this morning more than anything is for us to, to be refreshed and for God to shake off our, our, uh, our been there, done that, okay? Many Sundays, throughout the years, many times you guys have, you know, not you, all people, believers, you know, go, oh, I want to respond to that. I feel this on my heart. It's tugging me. You know, I haven't been where I want to be with Jesus in its first place in my heart, with Jesus as my first love. And, you know, after years of saying yes and then kind of having poor follow-through or not seeing fruit and stuff comes up and you get dizzy or off track again, when you get in that place, it gets you kind of dull to a place where you're like, well, I've been here, I've done that, nothing really changed. And so it is my prayer this morning that we really would be awakened, that God would really stir on our hearts, that he would really, we would really open up the door and invite him into those places we haven't let him in. In our hearts, in our lives, in our minds, in our thinking, in our relationships, in our homes. You know, when we dream at night on our beds, when we're in our workplace. 
So some of you right now could be feeling his knocking. And um, if that's you, if there's places in your heart where you feel like, you know what, I, I just want to make a stand. I want to be recalibrated. Would you just stand with me? I want to pray. I just want to pray. Drew, you want to come up here, hen? Father, I thank you that you are way more committed to us than we are to you. I thank you that your devotion, your chasing us, your love for us always finds us. God, I ask for everyone that desires to just be recalibrated, to really just actually make lasting changes. I ask that you would make your Holy Spirit to touch hearts and minds, Father, and that we would tap into the strategies you've given us, Lord. God, I just pray that your ministry wouldn't stop. I pray, Lord, that you would speak new promises and refreshments over the hearts and minds here, over my beautiful brothers and sisters here standing with me. God, calibrate us again. We say yes to opening that door you're knocking on in our hearts. Yeah, I feel like the, the father, the bridegroom actually right now is really excited. There's church that is making a stand today. But I just declare today that we would not just stand and go back to the way everything was, but that there would be a motion, a forward motion of saying yes and amen to walk each and every day a place of allowing the Holy Spirit to pour in with more oil that we could shine bright in the midst of whatever circumstance. So today, Father, I pray for, for true breakthrough. True breakthrough. And I, I saw this too. It's been a word that breakthrough is like this. It's this picture this, that there's a dam that's holding back a whole bunch of water. And there's a whole bunch of areas in our life that has, has died, that hasn't had water the resources for us to grow in. I ask for that today. I believe that the dam is being broken today, that the water is going to go into all those areas so that we can grow like we're called to. So, Father, we're, here we are today in humility, opening up our heart to the fullness. Have your way. As we are the brides, let us walk away here today with full confidence that we are brides, pure and spotless. But we're, we're alert. We're ready each and every day. We're praying. We're going to that next level each and every day. We're not staying in the same place, but we're at the place of wanting more. Wanting to spend time with you more. God, that you, when we spend time with you, you're going to rub off on us. We're going to start loving like you. We're going to start speaking like you. We're going to start being the light like you. We're going to start loving like you. And so, Lord, here we are as your bride. We're here. To, we're willing to be just like you. Here's our hearts. Fill it up with oil. Amen.
I just felt also just the compassion of the Lord. Um, this has been a real season of transition. Um, some have gone on into unemployment. Some, their job has looked wildly different. If that's one or the other with you, something of your life has been disrupted over the last four months. Just can you lift your hands? <clears throat> I just wanted to acknowledge that um, I just heard the Lord in my heart to pray a prayer to redeem the time that you do have. Some of you have been scrambling. Some of you, your schedules have been crazy, out of whack. But the Lord wants to partner with you to redeem the time. Does everyone know what I mean by redeem the time? So it's like your 20-minute car ride to your meeting. Shake your head at me. You know, it's that moment between, between moments. That those moments, if we purposely turn our heart to the Lord, you combine a bunch of those moments, you, you look back on your day and you go, oh my gosh, I just spent the day with the Lord. How many, I just want to pray that, that blessing over you, that if you're a businessman or woman or a school teacher or a stay-at-home mom or dad or you're, you're grinding out you know, on the field, you work in, in agriculture, you, I want to pray a prayer that the Lord would redeem the time, that you would connect to a podcast, an audio Bible. You'd connect to something that just continues to draw your heart and your affection back to the Lord. If that's your prayer, that... Lord, I know there's a whole bunch of time in my life you could redeem. Could you just lift your hand just as a testimony? Those times between the times, the on the way to's, the on the way home from's. Man, I can't tell you how many times I've met with the Lord on my 25 minute drive home where the, the radio's off and I just quote scripture or I just listen or I just sit there and watch the road and say, Father, what do you want to say? What are you feeling? Friends, if we just adopt, it's called abiding in the Bible. That posture of keep directing your heart back. That's what Katie just preached on. That's the oil. It's a lifestyle of just being filled, poured out and being filled. And so, Lord, I just want to pray for my friends in the business world, my friends in the, in the, the labor force, those that are just have had to scramble during this season. I want to pray a prayer of the redeeming of time. God, I pray that those, those, those spaces and places that used to be filled up just with blah, that they'd be filled up with your glory. God, that you would just meet us in those places where we turn our heart to you, between meetings, between assignments, between job sites, that, Lord, you would just minister to us as you're perpetually drawing our heart back to yourself. And I love you, Lord. I thank you that you're going to do this. I just bless, we bless our people. We bless, Lord, your sons and daughters in this place. Thank you for this mighty word, this calling to be awake, to be alert, and to stay filled and pressed in. God, we thank you that this is your desire we're submitting to. You want a people fully alive in your love, given over to your presence and your purpose in this hour. In Jesus' name, we all said amen and amen. Just really quick before we go, two things. Um, when Katie was preaching, I just saw 2 Timothy chapter 2. It says, train yourself, and 1 Timothy 4, train yourself to be godly. Say that with me. Train yourself to be godly. How defeating is it? Who's ever gotten a gym membership, and you go, and you look at all the tools and stuff, you're like, oh, can I get a refund? You don't even know where to start. Anyone besides me? Okay. So you just follow the buff guy. Never mind. Forget it. And then you realize you can't lift what he lifts. You can't do anything he can do. But one of the things we're really doing this fall by, by, by launching our fall semester of small groups, discipleship groups, classes, 
We want to help train each other in godliness. Amen. Who needs help with their training? I need help. I need help. Desperate help. And so please, on your way out, the red table, sign up if you're interested in being in a discipleship group. That just means learning how to follow Jesus with others. How to connect with the Lord. How to build that oil, that relationship. Please sign up. We want to we get you plugged in. Other than that, I love you guys. I'm so thankful. One more time, can we just shout the name of Jesus on the count of three? One, two, three. Jesus! We love you. Have an awesome week. We'll see you next week.